Hello and welcome to Guys Gab and Gridiron, everybody. I'm Josh McSwain here with my co-host AJ Torres. You might know us from other football podcasts, such as the All Football Podcast and Bull Droppings. Kind of like cockroaches, we just keep coming back. Really? And so now do. here's our new show. It's called Guys Gab and Gridiron. You might call it Triple G, not to be confused with the UFC fighter. We're not going to try and copyright that. We don't want him showing up at our door. I would Ooh, be scared. I'm a small guy. I'm a small guy. Hell no. Eh, I'm too scrawny for that. <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, we're just going to stick with the full name here. We're not going to make an acronym. Nothing like that. So, got a new show where we just talk about NFL. If you want a bunch of inflammatory opinions, I suggest you watch Shannon Sharp and Skip Bales. But if you want two guys keeping it real, then stay tuned right here. We got what you need, and obviously, we got a lot to cover about this offseason, because so much has happened. We're going to start with all the different coaching hires that happened this year. There was oh boy, so much of them. So, so the first head coach hire that we're going to talk about is Mike McDaniel, the Miami Dolphins. He was a guy I didn't even know his name until Dolphins hired him for the job. He is a unique offensive mind, found a way to use Debo Samuel very creatively. And the fact that he was able to get old Jimmy Garoppolo to the NFC Championship game with some help, a lot of help from the special teams and defense and Kellen Moore's crazy play calling. Still, it's a very interesting hire, McDaniel is, and Everybody's looking for that next McVay or Shanahan, that young offense in mind that really knows what he's doing. It's very funny you say that because he worked with McVay. This is all underneath the old Washington Redskin tree. Mm-hmm. Underneath, so he did work with uh, McVay. He did work with Shanahan over there. And uh, there was also one more. I'm drawing a blank. But, yes, he was part of that tree and it was just time for him to move on not a popular name but a very likable guy and we will see what's going on the field here because i i'm sorry to say but i mean i think uh his biggest problem is going to be that offense if he could utilize everybody this is going to be a sleeper team the bar set low right now he can only go up from here that's true. So overall, I would say it's a it's a decent hire. Agreed. Right on. Moving on, we got the Jaguars who hired Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson. Now, the way his tenure ended in Philadelphia a couple of years ago was infamous. Uh, what do you this, think about this one? You see, the only thing that I have here is. Was it a tank job at the last game of the year? Yes. Yes. And from where I was going from here, right? So was Doug Peterson right in the long haul? Like at the end of the day, we look back on this and we're like, he want to give Jalen Hurts a chance. You look at him playing now, the reason why, we'll get into it later, the Eagles were in the running for Deshaun Watson. But yes. when they find the asking price... They're just like, you know what? We like Jalen Hurts. That says something. 
So we look at the the firing now, and it was basically the the owner and the general manager like, we're bringing him into the office. We're going to see what he has to say. And clearly they didn't like what he had to say, so they booted him. And I was surprised he didn't get a job. But the, I think the Jags actually hit this one. Now, we could be here for an hour discussing why Urban Meyer was a bad hire. From yes. him drunk being at a lap dance and not being on the team flight like an absolute asshat. <laughs> or him being just a complete moron and not knowing who Aaron Donald was. And I'm sorry, weren't you analyzing the game of football at the NFL specifically? Well, no, I think he was a college analyst, but still, Donald is one of the biggest names. Also, like, the hiring of that strength and conditioning coach only lasted for a day. I mean, we just, we don't need to rehash all of that. Let's just try and purge that memory from our mind. But I'm a little skeptical of the Peterson hire, and I know people are skeptical of him in Philadelphia, too. Then he goes on and wins the Super Bowl. But also, there was just something about that run that was just a little different per se because when you had peterson and you had frank reich when they're together they seem to be working really well they could ride nick Foles and still got the job done but now you look at frank reich over in indianapolis and i think i gave him the benefit of the doubt for a long time but now the colts are changing quarterbacks about like they're changing their underwear we're gonna get more into the quarterback stuff later but it's like is Reich really doing well on his own? It's like, do the two of them need to be together? Now they're going to be going against each other twice a year. And I mean, he just had, Peterson had no real stability with the Eagles after that. Of course, part of that, you could be blaming on Carson Wentz's injury. So I know everybody's going to look at Peterson winning the Super Bowl and, and think it's great, but I think there's a little bit more then meets the eye on this one. I'm going to give I... it maybe a C. It's like, you could do worse, but I'm just not sure that Peterson's always cracked up to be. I think you need an experienced coach. So I think the one thing that they didn't want to do was, I don't think this was the right job for a new coach. It's like, hey, Perhaps we're having not. the best prospect of the decade. We're giving him to a rookie head coach in his second year. I just, listen, I understand if it was, you know, Leftwich or any of those guys. I, I kind of get that. But you got a guy with experience. And do I think he was absolutely hosed? Yes, I do. You had a team that won the Super Bowl, was slowly going into a rebuild, and you just fired him because you were afraid that the fans were going to ask for your head on a platter. That That's how I looked at it. I think he got screwed. I do like the hire. We're just going to see. But, I mean, they're running out of excuses. They overpaid for a wide receiver. They got great draft capital, another good offseason. There is too much talent on that team to go no place. But with the coaching and everything going on, think about it. If you're going from the Jags and you're hitting the free agent market, when you were a good wide receiver when healthy, I'm referring to DJ Chark, the fact that he decided to go to the Lions, 
It, he, I think he could have realistically went anywhere. He could have went to the Chiefs. He could have went to the Colts. He decided to go to the Lions. When he says flat out, no one's performing the expectations and everyone's out here to, to dry, he was the guy that really spoke up there. It was a lost cause. You need a veteran coach to get where you need to be. And if you haven't noticed with Frank Reich, with every quarterback that's been there, and yeah, it has been a year-in, year-out quarterback carousel, and they've had no draft capital. Because right. if you look at a team last year where you look at some of the games, yeah, if you look at a touchdown-to-interception ratio, but look at how many dropped interceptions there were. Look at how many games he threw less than 150 yards, which – I think if you're a quarterback, you need to throw average 200-plus a game to be considered good. If you're not right. even doing that, I don't even – I'm not – what, are you mediocre? Are you bad? I remember a game they won in primetime. He had less than hard yards. So I'm like, hold on. Jonathan Taylor and this defense is carrying this team. Right. It's so iffy, but – We'll see. I, I, I see good things to come. Right. Moving on now to the Texans, who hired Lovey Smith. Well, they promoted him from D.C. to head coach. I think that would have been a good hire in about 1995. That's about his style of coaching. Would have been good for a few decades ago. But you look at the way Smith's tenure was in Chicago – he just seemed like he got progressively more behind with the modern game. And then his two years in Tampa Bay after that, they didn't go anywhere. I just... <clears throat> There's no denying that Lovey Smith knows defense, but I just don't feel like he's head coach material anymore. Even his tenure at the University of Illinois after he was done in Tampa Bay, didn't really inspire me. And, I mean, I get that college and NFL are different games. Like, Illinois is a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten program. They don't get all the best recruits or any of that. I mean, but still, I mean, an NFC championship game and you can't get stuff done. I mean, you can't draw recruits that way. I just – I'm not on board with this lovey hire. Granted, I, feel, I do hope that... I feel hope like it's that... so bad, too, because, I mean, we we know who interviewed for the job, and mm -hmm. not, the only thing I could think of that is just another tank year, as in you're going to try to see what you can do from the draft, and you just kind of shoot for it. I, I mean, it's kind of one of those, and I think a lot of fans have in mind, between how badly they failed in free agency, that was another one that crossed a lot of fans' minds. Everyone's mm -hmm. thinking that it's a tank for Bryce Young. Quite possibly. I mean, is the coach the right guy? No. Did they upgrade the offensive lineman? No, they didn't even restructure Marcus Cannon's deal. They just straight up cut him. It's true. So right now, this line the line was in shambles before. So even when everyone's fully healthy, the line is still in shambles. So you're hoping that they 
I mean, they need every single position available, and it hurts that Justin Reed's not coming back. So you need defense all around. You got only got one pass rusher, two if you count Roy Lopez. But the offensive mm. lines, Roy Lopez is developing. Lopez uh, ain't going to be Warren Sapp. Correct. Grenard's looking great, but there's no, there's no solid player outside Grenard at the moment that we that you have confidence in. Can't deny that. Zero run game, only one wide receiver. It's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in the draft for the first round? Okay, so I'm assuming if they're smart, go the best offensive tackle available. I think there's going to be, you know, I think they'll be first on the board for tackle. And Maybe. Which it, I, I, I think that's what it's going to be. I don't see the Jags or uh, – I, I could see the lines trading down, but Maybe. either way, I'm not sure if I see anybody else. Uh, I don't think I see those two going for an offensive tackle. So I'm not sure if it's Charles Cross, Evan Neal. I, I think it's Evan Neal. Or if it's uh, Iquanu. Whichever best tackle is the highest on your list, you got to draft him for the first pick. The second pick. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what pass rushers available and the next offensive lineman isn't available for a while. At that point, you just take the best available. Right. But more on that point, if you are just going to tank, why would you fire Collie at all? You know, that's a very good point. And I think it was, again, for the whole, the whole time that we've covered this team, the Houston Texans, Nothing at all has made any sense. Between Deshaun, between Deshaun not defending himself, not even his attorney speaking out saying my client is innocent. So I'm, I have a feeling that something goes on there. And the fact that he got away scot-free and got a guaranteed raise, he basically got double what he was making. It was dis It's disgraceful. He got double his guaranteed dollars. Disgraceful. So between all of that going on, this organization has no idea what it's doing. Did they get the appropriate value for him? Absolutely. Yes. So that is not the complaint. The complaint now is if everything serves me right, you're going to fire two head coaches in two years. You're going to have a top five pick in the draft for – Two years Ever. in a row. <laughs> Te technically three, because two years ago, their number third overall pick went to the Dolphins. So technically, yep. you're going to be having another top five draft pick. And if I had to, if I have a crystal ball, the head coach for 2023 is going to be between Eric Bieniemy or... Who am I thinking? Ah, Coach Flo. That's a bold so statement. My bold statement is you got either Coach Flo or Eric Bieniemy being the head coach. And with the new quarterback draft going in, you're going to have Spencer Rattler that's going to have, uh, you know, he's going to have a little bit of time. You're going to have Bryce Young in there. And there's going to be two others. There may be a new name that might pop up. 
But essentially, I think it's going to be evaluate all the quarterbacks, and depending on the other talent going on, you're tanking for that guy. So you're tanking for your favorite quarterback, and Lovey after this year is going to be gone. It's just a tanking strategy to try to build exactly what they try to do with Deshaun again. But because Perhaps. they have no structure or pride and dignity, this is the crap that happens. Yep. Man, you wonder if they got rid of Kali just to save face and say, oh, look, we're doing something with our team to try and improve ourselves while they basically are trying to tank again. That seems probable. But now let's so move on to our tanking. next what, what, what is this, basketball? Come on. <laughs> but no, our next couple of coaches. We'll start with Nathaniel Hackett out in Denver. He was obviously the Packers OC with Aaron Rodgers. We all thought that he would bring Rodgers with him. Nope, no Devontae Adams either. They did get Wilson, but we'll get to that later. But just Hackett himself, he didn't call the plays for the Packers. So I don't know about this one either. You know, I feel like this is one of those things where I said it myself, too, because you fired. He didn't make it to Black Monday, right? Fangio? I think he did. He was fired very I, quickly. I think it was the day before Black Monday. If I'm That correct. would have been Sunday of week 18. That doesn't make sense. I mean, he uh, was, yeah. I think it was a couple of days after, but regardless, yeah, Fangio didn't last. Okay, so my, my thought is this. You were... The, uh, in the plans of the Denver Broncos, you were trading or somehow acquiring a quarterback. We didn't know if it was uh, Danger Russ. We had no idea if it was Rodgers. The favorite was it was going to be Rodgers, and the favorite was they actually thought uh, there was a lot of people, including myself, that feared that uh, Jim Harbaugh would go back to the NFL. Right. So think about it. You have a proven quarterback, surrounding talent. Take out the quarterback. If you look at the talent on Denver, it right. is solid. It is. I think you're a – with Russell there, if he can stay healthy, I think you are – I think you're maybe an offensive lineman and a pass rusher away from being scary. The secondary is great. I mean, you lost Von Miller, but that's okay. He was up there in age, which I think Buffalo will regret that signing personally. Just because in a few years, years, probably. Although I'm I betting there's like an the out. There, there's the, probably is an out the guaranteed money, but if you go by the years, I don't like it. But oh, I didn't either. But that's this, this is one kind of, those of a... situations where all the talent is there, and you got rookie coaching there. And it's no excuses. But the problem is, I think this is going to be another one where you're going to have it's it's a playoff ready team. Yes. And the coaching is going to debate whether if this team is going to succeed or not. And it, it's just terrible. I did not like the hire. With a team like this, if, if it had potential, that's one thing. But on paper, this is a playoff team. And you have a rookie coach where it's going to be sink or swim. 
And if he sinks, it's his job. I'm not sure they'd get rid of him after one year. But yeah, they've certainly put everything together so that the heat will be on quickly. I mean, if he's the last team in that division again, what do you do? And this is the toughest division in football. I don't think you can that. Like it is. That. Especially with the especially with the loss of the, some of the Chiefs talents. I mean, good God. Yeah. But moving on to our next coach, Josh McDaniels got hired by the Raiders. This was just the ultimate face palm for me. I don't know why Stupid. any organization that would respect itself would go anywhere near him after what he did to the Colts the last time. I I think the interim head coach, now I understand he got in their job, but the interim head coach deserved to be there for another year. I think he deserved to have removed the interim tag, give him one year at the helm, see how it works out. Instead, you got McDaniels, another Bill Belichick protege, unproven. Right. He lasted a year and a half in Denver the first time. And now he's walking into, like you said, the toughest division in the NFL. He's got a quarterback that's solid but not spectacular. Does now have Devontae Adams, so there's that. The run defense was not very good last year. I mean, they do have some talent on the other side with Max Crosby and everything, but they're going to need every bit of that. And I just wonder, what is, how is this offense going to perform, you know, because they don't, don't have Brady anymore, obviously. I mean, yes, McDaniels is there and Mac Jones got the Patriots to the playoffs, but, of course, we all remember that Buffalo game where he threw six passes or something like that. I mean, sure, they adapted to win, but it's like you're playing in a dome stadium, warm weather city. I mean, this is meant to be a throw-the-ball-over-the-yard type of team, especially with Adams in there now. And it's like they need you don't have a prolific passer and... anymore. You have, you know, a very solid cerebral quarterback with Carr, guy who's Certainly doesn't have an arm like Mahomes or Allen, but he's – I don't want to call him a game manager because that's always met with a negative connotation. But I think this is a positive type of thing. Carr knows the right plays. He moves the sticks. But, you know, he's not not the gunslinging type. Okay. I'll I'll just say this. Do I think that they need help on the offensive line to get anywhere? Yes. And Josh Jacobs, because of his nine kids, he's going to perform at the highest level. <laughs> I think I think that's a fact, actually. But the thing that just – here's the X factor here, right? When is the last time Derek Carr has been dependable? Consistently. Oh, I mean, this, this past year he was pretty good, but – yeah, ever since his injury in 2016, he's been kind of up and down. He, the I mean, he gets too he much crap. But is he disrespected? Yes, and I've heard the jokes about broken down car and all that. But, I mean, between the everything going on in the organization, between it's like, you know, draft busts like uh, Alex Leatherwood, because being horrible at, you know, the tackle spot and giving up so many penalties, moving the guard's been better. 
there's just been so much going on where I think if you just look at the surrounding talent and there has been times where he has looked a little mediocre. I don't think he's subpar. I don't think he's a game manager. I think he's a step above that. But if you right. again, you have to depend depend on him for so many times. Like if it's like, hey, we need to win the next three games, right? Otherwise, it's gone. He's just one of those guys where it's like I'm. It's like I'm sorry, but I just don't have that much faith in you. That's fair. Let's also not forget Daniel Carlson, who was absolutely on a hot streak last month of the season, making all those kicks to win those close games. Watch. I mean, he's a great kicker, but it's like, are we going to depend on that type of luck again? I'm, I'm not feeling that. So, but yes, definitely skeptical of this, this McDaniels hire, but now let's move on to the NFC's new coaches. We got Brian Dable taking over for the New York Giants. I think this is actually a good hire, but he is in way over his head with this because the Giants are uh, like one of those car lot things where there's just like the flailing arms around. Like that's the Giants organization at this point. Well, I think this is... I think this is okay because I, I've mentioned this so many times where people get bored of me saying this, but every head coach, if you've noticed this in the 2000s up until about five or six years ago, how many times has a quarterback said, I'm sorry, a head coach has said, I want my own quarterback. And it's like, okay, we get this guy out of here. We draft a guy three years. It works. We see if it works or not. You get fired, anything else. So this is the last shot for Daniel Jones. Yes. Period. This is the last shot to say if he is going to be a giant or if he's going to be in the carousel rotation backup. Almost kind right. of like where Mitch Trubisky is now, where he's going to have to be a jobber. But if you look at the town around, and it's also pretty crazy. What if I told you a first-round wide receiver and the best free agent wide receiver both totaled for zero touchdowns this last year? Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, always hurt, and then Kadarius Toney. Also, also always hurt. But, I mean, again, look at the games played. If you just look at the talent around – so this year they have no excuse. They have a couple of needs. They got offensive line. They need a, a lot of pass rush. They need a corner. They just released Logan Ryan, which was asinine to me. They also had no room to really sign anybody. Like if you look at uh, Jabril Peppers, he's now a Patriot. Pain. <laughs> yeah. Recovering from a knee injury, but... That's where if you're the Patriots, it's like he's versatile. He's going to flourish there. And I do that's a rival team. Yes. He is a quintessential Belichick player. But I mean, with Dable, he finally gives this organization a coach that seems like he's up with the times. Cause I mean, Joe Judge runs it like it's the 1970s. Pat Shermer seems stuck in the 1980s just like 
they're trying to bring Lawrence Taylor back or something like that, because that was the best time in Giants history. Okay, I'm being ridiculous. Well, hey, right just now. hey, just remember if you think that's bad, did you know Tara Owens at 48 years old signed up to be a player in fan controlled football? I did not know that. I found that out from the athletic on my way home today. 48 the, years old, scheduled to be an active player in FCF. Dude, he keeps himself in really good shape. Him catching passes from Johnny Manziel. What could possibly go wrong? Yes, that's actually going to be his quarterback. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes, that's going to be that's going to be his quarterback, Johnny Manziel. That's your guy. I mean, I watched a little bit of FCF on Twitch last year. I mean, it's Yep. It's just a novelty act anyway. So like, why not have TO go in for that? <laughs> My just concern is if you're pushing 50, how much contact can you take? How much contact is he going to get in that league is another question. But we're getting off track of the coaches so, right now. So I guess the way I could put this is if you are going to rebuild mode, which essentially means new quarterback, new X, new whatever, which it could be a tank year as well because they could also be in the Bryce Young sweepstakes. They got to evaluate what you have this year. And if you're competent with your coach, which I think this is a good hire, that means you take whatever you have. I'm not sure what the possibility is of moving on from the Galladay contract and such. Well, you get a couple important pieces from the draft. You see how it goes. You adjust your game, and you see where you go from there. And can Daniel Jones reach any part of his ceiling? Which I think his ceiling is probably probably Baker Mayfield, what we had a couple years ago. Which is... Perhaps which I think is acceptable. Because Maybe. it's been just a couple levels of mediocrity. Everyone's talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell, Mahomes. It's like, listen, if you got Baker Mayfield on that team with a good amount of talent and good coaching, Giant fans are should be pleased. Because it's embarrassing for year after year that the team is out of the playoff hunt and there's still baseball regular season going on. That's depressing for multiple years in a row. It's like, hey, uh, you ready to watch some uh, Giants football? Nah, man, baseball's on. Playoff hunt. We're out of it right now. Dude, it's week three, week four. Exactly. (laughs) Can there be more heartburn for a fan? Knowing that week four, the year's over. For multiple years in a row. I can't find anything much more sad than that. Outside. Being a Jets fan. Also doable. And also the same circumstances. Right. Listen, essentially, right, the last couple years in that city, if you're not watching hockey, you're having a miserable winter. Fair enough. Anyways, let's get on the next one. We got the Vikings, who hired Kevin O'Connell, former Rams OC, as their head coach. Once again, they're a guy looking for the next hotshot young offensive mind. 
Hmm. So they're getting McVeigh's top assistant to come onto a team that already has Kirk Cousins, who, well, we kind of know what he is. You know, maybe this could work out. Maybe O'Connell brings something new in and, you know, with Justin Jefferson there, I think O'Connell could be a decent hire. You know, with the NFC being as wide open as it is outside of a few teams, I could easily see Minnesota in the playoffs. I think it's a stretch, but uh, it's going to be one of those uh, heavy offense, poor defensive teams. The defense needs a complete overhaul at most positions. You got Kirk for another year. I'm not sure what happens to the future because after this year, you got Justin Jefferson on uh, one more year. You're not sure what's going to happen with Ian Mond. I'm sorry, uh, Ian Book. This is a circumstance where I think it's going to be the Packers, which the Packers are the Packers. Yes. And then it's going to be everybody else in the division fighting for who's going to be the best second place. Perhaps. We don't know what Justin Fields will be, and we don't know if Dan Campbell will bite your kneecaps off. (laughs) Get them up there. So, yeah, I mean, I do like the hire. We'll we'll see. And maybe he'll be able to get Kellen Mond into shape and be that quarterback of the future. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty optimistic. We got two more head coaches to get through. Number one for the Saints, they promoted Dennis Allen after – Sean Payton stepped down. Dennis Allen's been a head coach before. Didn't go too well with the Raiders. Eh, Where have we heard that before? Exactly. I mean, I I imagine not a lot is going to change with Allen at the helm. So, I mean, I think this hire's all right. I just don't expect a lot out of the Saints. They can make the playoffs with Winston there, but, I mean, I don't expect them to challenge Tampa for the division. I mean, with Jameis, with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton being the quarterbacks, we'll see how this goes. I think this is just going to be a rebuild year. A lot, of, uh, a lot of cuts made, a lot of uncertainty. I'm not sure if they could make the playoffs. I mean, do I think the – I mean, it's Tampa and everybody else, but has, I, I think playoffs are out of the question. We'll see how this goes. It's a rebuilding year. I don't know. I mean, we saw what Winston did last year, and with the mediocrity in the NFC, I think playoffs would be possible for this team. But anyways, our last coach, which was the one that came out yesterday, Todd Bowles becomes the head coach in Tampa Bay as Bruce Arians got kicked upstairs. We all know that's the truth. Is that Tommy boy wanted Arians out of the way, and so he gets kicked upstairs. Todd Bowles <laughs> was the head coach of the Jets, and, you know, he had good def- defenses, but no one's ever going to forget Fitzmagic throwing it away against the Bills. In 2015, crazy times. Yep. So, I mean, everybody loves Bowles the DC, but 
is he that great of a head coach? Eh, I don't know. But granted, you might not need a great head coach if you have Tommy Boy on your team. So, I'll give this one an incomplete. Not really sure what's going to go on. I don't know what's going on here. I just know this. You inherited a Super Bowl caliber team. Correct. I'm not sure. Okay. Realistically, outside of an offensive lineman, a your second running back, Ronald Jones. Okay, Gronkowski's up in the air on what the hell's going on with him. I don't know. Right. So, okay, so one, two, three. It's close enough to what the Super Bowl team was. I'd say so, yeah. I think so. you got to worry about one wide receiver, and that's it. N- nothing much to complain about. You inherited a playoff team. It should be a playoff team. Done. Yeah, I'd say so. He knows the system but, by now, too. It'll be the same one. Right. So, anyways, let's get to our next bit. We want to talk about the quarterback merry-go-round, and it has been very active. We obviously talked about Russell Wilson. Obviously, the Broncos paid a premium for him. But, yeah, they definitely needed to shake things up. And Wilson's coming off a down year in which he had 25 touchdowns to six picks. And I'm like, if that's a bad year for a guy, sign me up for that. I'll take it. And he was hurt for, I want to say, six to eight weeks because uh, he popped the finger? Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, I think he could be really good over there awful offensive line some people say outdated head coach and you know we talk about that number next to carson wentz but if you had to pick one or the other it's russell the muscle hard no miles an hour no, no doubt in my mind so i think this is a huge upgrade this is the quarterback they've been wanting since peyton manning retired they finally got it they're done searching for it they're done trying to find lightning in the bottle in the draft because it just was not working. Right. So from here, no excuses. The uh, As far as the quarterback, quarterback uh, carousel, it's always interesting every year with the backups, but there's so many primary quarterbacks going on. Uh, the one who I think whiffed the most was by far Carolina. No doubt about that. They were all in on the disgruntled Deshaun sweepstakes. They got left out, and now they're just kind of stuck. Not only that, but during the negotiations, they actually cut A.J. Boye to save a couple million dollars to make the cap room. Hmm, wow. Yeah, so they cut about A.J. Boye. So that was a corner that Matt Rule loves his defense. He was a little less than $5 million in uh, cap room that they saved, and obviously they swung and miss. But to go back on it, the fact that they put all in on Donald Donut, and then it's like, listen, at that point, please give me P.J. Walker. I Don't give me Cam Newton. Like, you cannot start the, the year. 
You cannot go in Sam Darnold. You cannot do Cam Newton. You could go PJ Walker because that's serviceable. It's like Sam Darnold in all of history of his him playing mediocre. Cam is not the guy anymore. You need to do more than that. You need to stop searching for old answers. Stop bringing them back. Give PJ Walker's already signed there to be the backup. But it's if he wins out the job, you have to be okay with that. And the most important thing, and listen, I'm not going to say what I really feel about the Sean Watson and this garbage that he was involved in for two years now, but I'll just say this. The Browns actually have done the smartest thing they have done in their history. Guess what happens if the Sean Watson gets disciplined by the NFL? Guess what happens if they suspend him for a year? Do they not owe him any of the money? They only owe him $1 million. That's guaranteed for a first year in case they suspend him. <laughs> nice. But they still own the rights for Baker Mayfield. So right now, they know they're not going to get value out of Baker. Correct. So what happens is if they say, hey, Deshaun, you're free to go, then they get to sell off Baker Mayfield for a fourth or a fifth round pick. Maybe even less. But in the meantime, it's like, hey, we got a playoff and arguably Super Bowl caliber talent team, and we could have Baker serviceable until next year. Then he hits the free agent market, and we got Deshaun Watson at the helm. That's totally from possible. Well, from everything going on, I don't think he's going to be suspended. Because that there is already people involved in these lawsuits and the fact that there has been no – jurisdiction punishment, I think he's going to be able to get away Scott's free. And is it despicable? Yes. But at the end of the day, I feel for Baker because, in my opinion, he should be at least on somebody else's roster where he's appreciated. But yeah. the one move I actually thought that would be very good, especially good for advertising, you know who I think uh, right now should be the starting quarterback for the Panthers? Go ahead. Gardner Minshew. That would be pretty incredible. Imagine him with his jersey and his homemade jorts, sunglasses on, holding a beer, going bass fishing. (laughs) Seems about right. Although I I, kept wondering about this deal for... Why don't the Browns go out and get Mayfield? I mean, you have him and you have Darnold both on fifth-year options. A straight swap of them wouldn't affect their cap situations at all. Maybe the Panthers would pay half of Darnold's salary just to be able to get an upgrade. Very visible upgrade with Mayfield at quarterback. And, you know, the Browns could eat $9 million for one year and then let Darnold be thrown into the wind after that. That's And Cleveland would get rid of the Mayfield distractions. And the thing, you mentioned Watson, if he's suspended for any length for the whole season. Do you really want Mayfield there if he doesn't want to be there? Like, I personally don't want that guy in my locker room at all. So... I mean, they basically they did this to themselves. He requested a trade, and he just said, no, we're not, we cannot do that. It's meaning that, okay, we mean that because it's not through yet or it's because he's not suspended. I mean, really, if you look at the organization with, I'm sorry, the owners are out. 
out of the country or out of town during this press conference. The fact that the whole conference and was uh, just a, a shand, like it, it was, it was disgraceful. It was absolutely despicable. If you look at the thing, it's just kind of like, eh, we didn't see anything wrong, and hey, you got nothing on me. Yeah, I mean, it's the Browns. What could possibly go right for this team? Exactly. And mind you, before Baker Mayfield got there, this is the same organization that was trying to sell $10 tickets to their fans because nobody wanted to be a part of this mediocre disgrace. Not even mediocre. This absolute crap factory. Well, there you have it. Now, next one that I really want to talk about was Matt Ryan going to the Colts. Obviously, I've said earlier, the Colts are changing quarterbacks like underwear at this point. But hopefully, Matt Ryan will stay on there for two, maybe three years before he rides off into the sunset. This is another potential Super Bowl caliber roster, like you mentioned. Pretty solid defense. You got a great running back there. I still think Matt Ryan's got a little bit left in the tank. He's not a top 10 quarterback anymore, I don't think. But, you know, he can still get the job done. Oh, yeah, there's definitely – Colts are winning the division. line in years. No doubt. Listen, the the Titans are taking a step back. I'd agree. Derrick Henry. Old. Coming off injury. Coming off injury. Offensive line is starting to show their true colors. That's not as good as it should be. No more Julio Jones. A.J. Brown well, he can't gave them next to nothing anyway. A.J. Brown seems to, you know, can't stay healthy. Like, one time he blamed it on illness, and he blamed that Chipotle burrito. What? Yeah. That's, he even that's went off crazy. on Twitter. Yeah, he blamed his illness... I'm not sure if it was a stomach bug or whatever. He blamed it on a Chipotle burrito. You know how many athletes I've actually heard complain about that? One. Actually, a few. Like, apparently, the, I remember there's this, uh, I forgot what sport, I forgot what level, but this woman tested for uh, illegal substance. She blamed it on a pork burrito from Chipotle. <sighs> Now that's strange. You're telling me the growth hormones in the pork is why you tested positive? Ask any doctor. They'll tell you, ah, bullshit. Right. But, yeah, let's back to quarterbacks for just a minute here. I Also, we got the Steelers, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, sure, he was a number two overall pick. He's on his third different team. He might be a re- replacement level type, maybe even a below average type, but I mean, I think he's probably shot at this point, which sucks for him that you got drafted into the crappily run team that is the Chicago Bears. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the Steelers are the worst team in this division. I don't think it's even close at this point. So, we'll, we'll I guess... We'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll see the... I think the Bengals will take a step back. We'll, we'll see, see how, about uh... that. We'll I mean, they, they were a ten and seven play. team last year. Let's remember that they were ten and seven. Yes, I'm just, I, so, my step back mean I don't think they're going to be in the last dance. I don't think they're going to be in the final game of the year, and I think that's fair to say because here's the roof. There's only one place to go, and that's one staircase up. I think they're going to be down a notch or two. 
And I think that's, that's okay for me to say. The that's Ravens, fair. they seem to, they have the same problems going on for the last couple of years, and nothing's changing. You know, the fact that John Harbaugh seems to not be getting the job done and he's had very questionable coaching decisions. He got an extension for three years. Greg Roman, fans have been complaining about him for the last three years. He's still there calling the plays. This is an organization where it's basically like, you know what? Things aren't great, but guess what? I don't like change. Yeah, they seem to be content just making the playoffs, but they're not really pushing for a Super Bowl title. I'm sure McConaughey's blood is boiling right now. Oh, he 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 said when when he said that when he got the three year extension, he's like, "L." Fair enough, but anyways, more quarterback maneuvering right now. So. Look, Marcus Mariota is going to take over in Atlanta as Matt Ryan's been they shipped out. Draft. Yep, they're going to be picking top three next year. This is Arthur Smith trying to get his guy, no doubt about it. We okay? So if we had to say, if we had to say we're drafting to get their guy, huh? It sounds like Atlanta, Houston, and New York are in that mix. There's got to be at least one more. Well, we're not really talking draft right now. It's well, that's just, way just, out there. I'm, but, it is way out there. The 2023 draft is way out there. But I'm just saying, we've named uh, three teams that are calling tank job right now, which is crazy. I suppose so. And then one other situation I wanted to address is that of the 49ers. We got Jimmy G, who's had surgery. He's going into an even year. Things don't look very good for him, but I don't think he has anywhere else to go at this point. He'll stay in San Fran. (laughs) And I don't know if Lance is going to be the starter there or not. Like, I mean, if you're Shanahan, you got to get your guy whom you traded all the booty to get like he's got to get out there at some point yes but i mean it's so ridiculous to me that he had lance who started against the texans in the second to last game of the season suddenly they're like oh yeah we need to put jimmy back in there to for our chance to make the playoffs and then for our playoff games and i mean we saw that they sort of limped by with jimmy g leading the team and, and so, Debo Samuel being the breakout guy of the year that they've been asking for two years. Yeah, so there's that. I mean, Garoppolo's a solid guy to have. Um, but, I mean, ideally, I think you got to gotta let your guy fly. I mean, I that's my take have, with San Fran. I think they have a guy who's not ready yet. But if you've noticed, it isn't even year. The odd years, Jimmy Garoppolo and his team play great. I didn't yep. say Jimmy Garoppolo. I said Jimmy and his team. Right. A lot going on there. We'll see. Oh, we also almost failed to mention Carson Wentz going to the Commanders after his unceremonious year with the Colts in which he threw for 27 touchdowns to seven picks did have some noticeably absentee games. Like you mentioned, we also had a great game and a loss to the Ravens on Monday night football. 
Carson Wentz is an enigmatic quarterback at this point. You don't quite know what you're ever going to get out of him. But that said, he's still an upgrade for the Commanders. Which is kind of sad to think about. But, I mean, just remember, they, Heineke was a lightning in the bottle. Then you had a guy who you... Dan Snyder just loved him because he was from the DMV area, and that was a massive fail. And isn't this their this their third or fourth quarterback in three or four years? I want to say third in three years. Something like that. Because you went from uh, Haskins. Yeah, Fitz, Haskins. Uh, Alex Smith. I mean, there's been a bunch yeah. of them. It's it's been circulating for too long. Uh, you know, you know, throwing Heineke, everything else. We'll see with that. But I mean, uh, I think it's possible for them to draft a quarterback as well. Uh, I think the battle for quarterbacks is going to be very interesting, and then I think it's going to ultimately come down to really if if nobody trades up. If there's a quarterback on the board, like I don't think Kenny Pickett will be there. I don't think Malik Willis will be there. But if they somehow are, at number 11, could they scoop one up? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's just the names there. I mean, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Riddler, you never know. Right. Now, even though this isn't a great class, I think you could still have some diamonds in the rough with good coaching. That's totally possible. So I think that sums up our quarterback carousel. I would weigh in with Watson. I still think all other things equal, he's probably around the seventh best quarterback in the league. I wouldn't take him over Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. But then after that, it gets it gets a little interesting. It's debatable where you'd throw him in with Wilson, Prescott, some of those guys. But, of course, what is he going to be after a year out of the game, learning a new offense and all that? I mean, we've seen Watson at his best, and he is very, very talented. But obviously the Browns paid very hefty price for him. We'll see if it's worth it. Could he? Could everything go right and he wins the Super Bowl for them? Yes. When do we trust everything to go right for the Browns? Never. But anyways, let's move on to our last few topics of this segment. You want to talk about the Carolina Panthers? Well, did you want to get on to uh, my team and uh, how my wide receiver took my team hostage? Well, we can go with that, or you. I know you wanted to talk about Carolina, so you go ahead, do your thing with those so, two. I get. I talked a little bit about the Panthers, but uh, I actually found this pretty hysterical. Now, at the end of the year, when the last week of football comes and the owner goes out to the press and says, we are retaining – our head coach for next year. 
it says, okay, next year I have a job. But guess what that also means at the same time? Expectations are up. And your ass is in hot water. Correct. So we recently just had the meetings. It is for owners, GMs, and head coaches. So there is only one guy reportedly... And there was a couple head coaches that weren't in the, uh, you know, the head coach photo this year. Uh, Arians wasn't in it. Bill Belichick wasn't in it. And I think, uh, let's see, Dan Campbell wasn't in it and one other guy. I forget what, I forget who else. But guess who was partying their ass off? Matt Rule. Yep. As Pat McAfee put it, he is drinking grandpa's cough syrup hard in modern terms. This guy is drunk out of his mind on the dance floor like a 22-year-old girl trying to pick up a guy. <laughs> um, dude, your, your career's on the line. <laughs> what are you doing drinking and dancing like an ass? That's <laughs> not a good look. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but if you look at it, just the court, the quarterback misses. Uh, the, the They got talent, but they keep whiffing on quarterbacks. And I think that Matt Rule is really in love with Kenny Pickett. And I think that's going to be his guy. And we're going to see from here. But if I'm uh, Carolina... The, there's two things here. Number one, Matt Rule and his staff, this is it. This is make it or break it. And what yep. the expectations are, we don't know. It's like if your job is on the line, that could mean many different things. Does that mean playoff? If you don't make the playoffs, you're fired like some teams because of the talent and the quarterback? Or is this, can you maintain us to 500? I don't know exactly what expectations are here, but they're low. I don't care how good, bad, good or bad the Saints are. We know the Falcons are going to be bad. Does that mean you got to be third in the division at least? Depend on the Atlanta quarterback situation? I don't know what these expectations are. And unfortunately, what's the difference between David Tepper and, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Steve Cohen, who owns the Mets? Yeah, they're both in hedge funds, but guess what? If you look at Steve Cohen of the Mets, he loves the game, he loves his players, and has a direction and idea in his head. Versus David Tepper is constantly treating his staff as players and employees like their stock funds that you could just say goodbye and never even think of again because you could just replace them. Yeah, but you don't win in hedge funds, really. This is football. You're supposed to win it all. You gotta make money no matter what, but are you gonna win? It's like, hey, we want a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. You put your money in Darnold. What are you doing? Between general manager, head coach, and the owner, you would think that this is the New York Jets or the New York Giants. Or better yet, the Lions before Campbell came to town. I don't know. Or maybe the Jags. I don't know. But this is starting to get up there at the clown show organizations. It's terrible. Granted, even with Christian McCaffrey hurt, it's still it's still the same show. So much missed opportunity, so much going on, 
And if you go by draft, which if you move down your draft pick from number six, you do not have a second-round pick this year. And your quarterback, at least two offensive linemen, particularly tackle, if you may, because you can always move them in. So you need two tackles, a linebacker, a quarterback, and it couldn't help to retool a couple of things. Running back, I don't think you need, although uh, Hassan Haskins from Michigan around 200 overall. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. But there's so much this team needs, and I think they're going to just waste it on taking Pickett at six. It's quite possible. I think that he's going to bank on it, but guess what? A rookie quarterback should not put your job in jeopardy. What if he's not ready? What if he's not studying the film? Forget his hand size out of the way that everyone's concerned about, and I get that part. I do. I'm not disregarding it. But you have a rookie quarterback in a not great quarterback class with you being from having a job at the highest level possible to you being on the golf course unemployed. Everything in this Carolina team, and the fans deserve much better, is an absolute mess. And speaking of mess, the last topic, my Chiefs and what the hell's been going on. It's been very tough. I know the salary cap situation is different. I know that they can move around Mahomes' money into bonuses where it's not in the cap. And I know Travis Kelsey's been there, but Tyree Kill's been the most consistent wide receiver in clutch moments as it can be. Do you still rank him as a top five wide receiver right now? No, because his quarterback is unproven. And his right. speed can't match up with the arm of Tua turn the ball over unless notified. Unless he wants to become Michael Thomas 2.0 and do screen passes and quick slants. Because I just don't see it to his arm. He still is afraid to throw the ball downfield, which is where the new coach is going to have to give Tua his last shot. Because if he does not have the thing in him, he's going to be known for in the NFL as the Hawaiian plumber. I know. Once you get that name into your head, it will never leave. Trust me. The Hawaiian plumber. But back to it, it's just like, okay, we're, we're what's with all these wide receivers that were unproven at the number one spot? We don't have a number one wide receiver anymore. McCole Hardman, I, I like the guy, but unproven. Valdez Scantley, unproven. Juju, unproven to be the number one. Who's the next guy we're in? We're going to take him from the draft? Can these receivers be trusted? I understand Scantley didn't have a single drop last year, but still, it's just... I like consistency. I don't like unreasonable doubt. As a whole, I think the core is going to be better, but is it going to be consistent and is it going to be in the clutch? Right now, I it's uncertain. Offensive line uh, is no concern right now, but the defense being retooled, uh, no Hitchens, no Sorensen, no Honey Badger. Ouch. Chris Jones still there. Frank Clark restructured. I think there's one more in the defense they need, another linebacker, and uh, adjustment on edge rusher. But I do think with two first-round picks in the draft, 
my thought is uh, I think they're going to take a wide receiver. And I'm going to see if there's a uh, – there might be a pass rusher left. I don't know, but there's going to be plenty of secondary guys left on the board that are late first round, early second round. Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, now that Hill is gone, teams are going to be able to double Kelsey a lot more. And then, like you said, you have all those other guys. Who else is going to be able to draw coverage? Is it going to be Hardman? Is it going to be Juju? I mean, with Valdez Scantling, we've seen he can be a deep threat, but our team's going to be able to really have to take him seriously. We'll have to see. I mean, we never saw Scantling take off with Rodgers there. Obviously, now Mahomes is another deep ball throwing guy. So, I mean, it's going to have to be a major prove-it year for him. And then Juju, I think he could be fairly solid, a guy that's going to move the chains for that it, team. So, I mean, I just, think I need that to the Stay Chiefs, away from Jackson Mahomes and, you know, don't do anything stupid. And yep. I just want him to be consistent because when in the role of number one wide receiver, two years now, lackluster at best, has not been a number one wide receiver. Right. But, I mean, you have to think Kelsey's still the top target, though, and that makes yeah. a lot of difference. I understand um, that Kelsey is going to carry the load. I just say as far as the talent and the production – Juju hasn't nearly put up what I think he was has been capable of. It's probably true. Which, Granted, you have the ghost of Big Ben at quarterback for two years. It's not going to really bode well for you. Correct. Still, but at the though, same with time, the Chiefs, I, I think in, that... In Galladay, maybe-ish kind of numbers? I don't know. But anyways, the Chiefs, they're going to be... They've won the division six years in a row. I'm not sure if they're going to make it seven. Just because the so competition is so much more fierce and you know, you no team can keep Antonio. it up forever. All healthy, you might as well put names in a hat. This is so close. Could be true. Well, anyways, that wraps it up for our first show. Any final thoughts? I think the AFC West is going to be the place to be. But again, with everybody healthy, I think it's going to really come down to coaching. Because if you look at, especially with the Chiefs downgrading, it makes it much more open. Quarterback talent, even if you put them in order, it could still be very close. They've all got good wide receivers. Secondaries in question. Obviously, I give the benefit out to Denver. It's going to come down to coaching. The only thing that's going to be really just the, the downside is they only have one experienced head coach in that division, and that's Andy Reid. Right. Josh McDaniels is a schmuck until proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. Staley, his a lot of people were pissed at him because of the choke job last year and him not being offensive minded, which is a shame because even as a Chiefs fan, I love Herbie. 
Right. And then, well, Russell is Russell. He's in the line to be a Hall of Famer. Correct. And unless you see a huge dip in production and him being healthy, which would kind of think that Denver is a little cursed. Maybe. But this is going to be the interesting part of the year. So by the time this uploads, it will be uh, it will be either the last day of March or the first day of April. And we have so much more to cover. It's a pleasure to be back. I missed the hell out of text. And we kind of go from there. And hopefully there's much more uh, topics to cover. And, again, anybody, uh, suggestions, uh, topics, uh, anything to really – uh, really put our minds into as long as it doesn't get uh, as long as it doesn't get too political fair game so thank you for everybody for being here uh, thank you for uh, enjoying us in the facelift of the brand and we'll be back yep thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time